man that's sad and lonely And all I gotta do is act naturally Well, I'll bet you I'm a gonna be a big star Might win an Oscar, you can't Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Thomas Manning. And I got to say, this is probably the most technically challenged show we've had in a very long time. Uh, and that's even with Zoom and with talking to people in Australia and New Zealand and Bangladesh. We're just talking to people like across town from each other and we're still struggling. So glad you could join us. And if you're watching us through C19 TV, we appreciate that. And if you're listening through the radio and podcast version through WGWG.org. We thank you for that uh, as well. Uh, Thomas, uh, you and I are interested and excited about uh, being back in the studio uh, with uh, with Greg and uh, and also Tim, maybe he'll show up. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's and it's been so long since I've seen Tim that I forgot his name last week. <laughs> I felt pretty bad about it, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him again in person. <laughs> you were naming all these names. I'm like, no, that's not right. Nope. That he's that's not his brother nope nope that's not you're wrong yep yes so yes you're exactly right uh it is tim foster uh, and greg tillman we're looking forward to being back in the studio with them and so we're thankful uh all that we've been able to do over the course of this past year plus uh and it's i think it's opened up some things for us uh, we're going to continue to do some of this uh, even, uh, you know, when we get back in the studio, I think we're going to still have some folks come in and join us for some specials, especially when we're looking at Blu-ray releases and things like that. So, and special programs as well. So uh, we're glad that you're joining us and we've got a lot to talk about uh, today, Thomas. Uh, I want to talk about uh, this new film that was going to hit theaters. It did, it hit theaters, uh, but it also hit HBO Max and we're seeing that happen more and more now. Uh, and we're going to continue to see that happen in the in the future. Uh, I don't see that changing. Um, a lot of things that are happening in theaters now beyond the HBO Max and Warner Brothers connection is they're like, okay, we're going to show it in the theater, and then 45 days later, <laughs> we're going to show it in homes. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we look at the things coming out from Disney, and they're doing it at the same time. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, Thomas. I think we've still got a lot to learn uh, and we've got a lot to uh, see what's going to happen as it relates to the audiences and what they want to do. Do you have any thoughts on what you think the audiences are going to be wanting from this change as we come out of this other end of the pandemic? Well, I do think people already get back into theaters, um, and especially film fans like us who going to a movie theater was pretty much a weekly, tra weekly tradition. At least once a week we would go. Um, and as far as common audience members, just general audiences who – go maybe once a month or so i still think they're kind of they're kind of getting antsy to get back out there and you know families and to entertain their children and uh you know friday night out in the town i think we're all kind of itching for that and i do think we all want some of those theater uh summer blockbuster experiences that we're getting this summer so i think the summer is really going to be a really big time for for the box office especially with theaters opening back up and vaccinations out more widespread. So yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we have working with. Yeah, me too. I think it's the perfect time uh, you know, as we're just approaching Memorial Day weekend, that unofficial start to summer, but the official start of summer as it relates to the box office. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's ahead and uh, just continue to 
stay safe and be smart. And uh, we're going to talk movies right here on Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about right now is one that I have a hard time saying the name for, Thomas. And anybody who knows me knows that I get names wrong for movies all the time. But I'm reading this one. Uh, it's called Those Who Wish Me Dead. Uh, that is a, a film that uh, Angelina Jolie stars in this, uh, along with a lot, uh, quite a few others that you're going to recognize as well. But I'm going to give you the setup for this. Uh, this is Chaplin's The Kid meets Cliffhanger meets Only the Brave meets The Mandalorian. Put those into a smoothie and you've got this action drama with Angelina Jolie. She stars as a firefighter who has this tragic past and she reluctantly takes on the protection of a kid who is running from hired assassins. Sounds kind of familiar. Uh, it, it sounds uh, like something we've probably seen before, but when the assassins, the hitmen, decide to start a wildfire, the stakes get even higher for everybody involved. I've really always liked Angelina Jolie in, in so many of her roles. And when I look at her action roles, I think she's always been solid. I look at Salt, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Tomb Raider, uh, she's really good in these type of roles. I really appreciate her in that. Um, this one has plenty of action and plenty of drama. It's a, it's a nice hybrid mix. I, I like that. I think that worked. I thought the fire sequences were marvelous. Cinematography and the acting and the acting of the young talent in particular, uh, Finn Little uh, is the kid in this, and he is purely perfect. Um, throughout this film. I loved him. Sound design, the editing, uh, all of those things, and the supporting cast, those per, those all were solid reinforcements uh, to this film. But uh, here's the problem for me, Thomas. Um, the title <laughs> is a mouthful. The title is a bit distracting. I think they could have had a better title. Uh, and the biggest, the biggest thing for me, the predictability of the story is the greatest downfall for me. Uh, I've seen this formula done dozens of times uh, with more memorable outcomes. Um, the film is a popcorn flick. I enjoyed it while I watched it, but ultimately I think it's going to be forgettable in a few weeks. I'm going to forget about it. And I, I will definitely murder the title uh, in a few weeks. So I'm going to have to go back to my notes uh, to figure that. Uh, Taylor Sheridan uh, is the director for this. He's offered us much better films in the past. If you look at films like Wind River, you look at Hell or High Water and Sicario, and even the TV series Yellowstone, those are much better outings for Sheridan. Uh, those Who Wish Me Dead, C-plus rating is really uh, about the best I can uh, give for this. If you're looking for just an, uh, a night to cuddle up with somebody who likes watching action films and dramas, it's a good hybrid, but uh, nothing more than that. So C-plus rating, for those who wish me dead. There you go, I got the title out right. <laughs> All right, Thomas, uh, what have you got? It's the uh, the Man Full of Wrath. Is that the title for this one, man? Wrath of Man, you were pretty close there. You just, you just had, the, uh, had the adjective mixed up with the noun, but it's okay, it happens. Uh, anyway, so this is directed by Guy Ritchie and starring Jason Statham. And you look at these two, their career goes back, their, you know, their partnership goes back to 98. They first worked together on Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, then in 2000 with Snatch, and then in 2005 with Revolver. But this was actually their first film since Revolver in 16 years that they've worked together on, which when I first read that, um, I actually read that in my research right before jumping on to record this. I was like, wow, I didn't realize it had been that long since they worked together. But uh, they haven't missed a beat. Um, Jason Statham, really one of the greatest action stars in, you know, like in Western cinema of the past 
past couple decades, he's been doing it better than anybody else in his time span. And, um, you know, this film is really gnarly. That's the film. That's the adjective that I just kept coming back to as I was watching it. It's, it's really cynical and it's bleak. And most of the main characters are pretty much devoid of any redeemable qualities. They're, they're not good people. They're, they're just criminals. Um, yeah, kind of like Greg Tillman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think Greg would have fit right into this. Film. Um, but there is a certain event that happens that, um, you know, thrusts Jason Statham's character into the role of the protagonist. He's the character that even though he's, he's a pretty bad guy, there's a reason that we're kind of rooting for him. Um, it's a revenge story. Uh, it's very tragic. Um, but seeing Statham just completely unleashed and just is very much um, William Neeson in Taken. That kind of vibe is what we're working with. He's just, you know, fully focused, set on what he wants to do. He's bloodthirsty and out for every bit of revenge he can muster. Um, and the way that Richie is able to develop the tension and the dread that just keeps building and building the first hour and a half there's just so much like electricity and static in the air it feels like it could pop at any moment in the last 30 minutes of the film everything just kind of releases all the pressure just just comes rushing out and um it's it's really breathtaking in certain moments um the the, the uh, musical score from christopher benstead has a lot to do with that just these low droning basses and cellos okay it's, it's for those it's for those mature audiences that appreciate really solid filmmaking uh, but don't mind getting a little bit depressed while they're watching something as well so okay all right what, what's your rating for uh the wrath of man <laughs> giving it a solid b um okay you know i feel like maybe one one more draft on the script could have cleaned cleaned up a few things um brought it up to a b plus or 90 minus but for right now selling with a b well, I, I just, while you were talking, I was just pulling up the uh, credits and liner notes for the Beatles album Revolver, and I did not find any of those names connected to that Beatles album Revolver. Uh, are you sure that you had those credits right? I think I did. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that Guy Ritchie was actually a co-writer on the Beatles album Revolver. So Really? Yeah. 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 All right. Let me go check that out. Or maybe the Beatles were co-writers on the Revolver film. Uh, it's, it's, one of, it's one of the other. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see what we can check out on that. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate that uh, review for The Wrath of Man that's uh, in theaters now. And is it also on um, home demand anywhere on video on delivery or not do you yet. know? It's, okay. I, I'm not yet. It's theatrical exclusive at the gotcha. present moment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there's a uh, another film that's got this uh, kind of Western vibe to it that I'm going to chat about. Uh, it's called The Dry, and uh, Eric Bana and Genevieve O'Reilly star in this film. It's a mystery crime drama uh, that's based on an Australian bestseller by Jane Harper. Uh, it explores crimes past and present uh, and also secrets and regrets. It's all taking place against the backdrop of an Australian landscape that goes dry from a drought. And what I loved about that is while that physically had an impact on the film from a visual standpoint, it also uh, had an impact on the story. So the dry, the name of it doesn't just reflect to, to the, the dryness of the ground. It also reflects to what's happening with the characters uh, and some of the situations. Uh, audiences are also transported into a wonderful relationship study uh, in this film. And as you watch it, nothing is quite what it seems. I love that. Uh, it's, it's hard for a good mystery 
to work well and to work on all cylinders, but this one really did. It's a slow burn uh, of a murder mystery that keeps you guessing um, the entire way. Uh, I thought the story, the casting, the locations, the directing, uh, all perfect uh, and had this neo-Western vibe feel as well. Uh, Robert Conley was the director of this and he is from Australia and he knows the landscape, he knows the people, he knows the cast and crew to pull together and he did such a marvelous job with this film. Uh, and I watched this uh, with, with my bride, Beth, and it seemed like every time there was a layer peeled back, there were more questions. And uh, I loved that. And it was a, I, I was just blown away. Uh, this is one of those, if you like mysteries, if you like murder mysteries, if you like something that kind of challenges the norm, this is one that, that you may want to check out. Uh, I, I would not walk away from this. I would watch this movie again. It's an IFC's picture. It's called The Dry. And I'm giving this uh, a solid A rating. Uh, I got a chance to interview both uh, Genevieve O'Reilly and also the director recently. And it was wonderful to talk to both of them about this film uh, and about their work and, and how they were drawn to it. So uh, The Dry is uh, well worth checking out. Any thoughts or questions about that, Thomas? Uh, so I guess you could say rather than feeling dry after watching it, you felt your uh, thirst for cinematic excellence was quenched, correct? Yes, okay. absolutely. And absolutely. And on that, okay. we will go to an intermission. We're going to come back with an Amazon original uh, review from Thomas, and we're going to dive into some home delivery as well, uh, and maybe even get tubular with some uh, streaming uh, and TV series. We'll see how much more time we've got uh, after this quick intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star. Hi, I'm Nikki Bliss Carroll, your host for Cleveland Connections, the show that explores what's happening at Cleveland Community College. Join us as we sit down with members of faculty and staff to discuss programs of study, upcoming events, and other exciting campus news. We'll have a new show for you each month on C19 TV, or you can stream us online at C19.tv. Tune in and connect with Cleveland Community College on Cleveland Connection. Listen up. Do you have a passion for cooking? A desire to learn more about the craft of professional food preparation? If so, now's a great time to check out Cleveland Community College's brand new Culinary Arts Academy. This exciting three-month program offers hands-on training for jobs in the food service industry. Across the nation, food service is one of the fastest growing industries. With your training at CCC's Culinary Arts Academy, you can compete for jobs in hotels, restaurants, conference centers, cruise ships, and other settings. Enroll in CCC's program and you'll gain in-depth training in food procedures, preparation, and commercial kitchen operations. Plus, the program includes a special add-on. You'll get your certificate in cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR, training. You can earn good money, too. Depending on where you work, starting salaries range from $20,000 to $50,000. In just 12 weeks, you can be well on your way to gaining the know-how to handle food safely, properly, as a true professional. Now ask yourself, are you ready to start your journey today at CCC? According to the National Institute of Mental Health, over 6.9% of the nation's population is depressed, and the ASPCA estimates that 6.5 million animals enter shelters a year nationwide. Adoption has helped me and her. Maybe it can help you. 
Adopting a pet has helped her cope with depression, as well as many others like her. For more information regarding pet adoption, please visit ASPCA.org today. These days, having a secure job really matters. Take plumbing, for instance. No matter what's going on with the economy, there will always be a need for professional plumbers to fix problems, help finish a new home or renovation, and make sure the plumbing works just right. Plus, professional plumbers can make a very good living. CCC offers what you need to get going with your career as a plumber. We have a fast-track certificate program to give you top-notch residential plumbing skills and knowledge of code requirements. Our more in-depth diploma program can give you the technical know-how and skills to handle residential and some big commercial projects. You learn how to lay, install, and maintain piping fixtures and systems for gas, hot water, drainage, sprinkling, and plumbing processing systems in any environment. Job security, good pay, professional status. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Hello, welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Thomas Manning talking film, talking cinema, talking other stuff that's visual just because we can. Thomas, uh, there's a new Amazon original uh, called The Tiny Map of Perfect Things. I think. <laughs> is, is that, is that right. right? You were close. It's actually The Map of Tiny Perfect <laughs> Things. So, so the map is normal size, but it's the, it's the perfect things that are tiny. Yeah, okay. It's, it's easy enough to get mixed up, so I don't blame you, you know. All right, let's see how many more yeah. of these titles I can mess up before, yeah. before the show's over. Go for it, man. Yeah, so if you saw Palm Springs last year, uh, it was, was a Hulu original starred Andy Samberg, Christine Milioti, and uh, J.K. Simmons. That was kind of a time loop sci-fi rom-com type deal. This one is very similar, uh, but I would say it's more sweeter, more charming. I would say, whereas with Palm Springs, you could show that to someone maybe 16 plus. Uh, with the map of tiny perfect things, you can show this to someone in middle school. It's something you can watch with your family if you're mature enough. Um, and it explores a lot of the same themes and um, is just something that kind of leaves you feeling better and more optimistic. And again, I, I did like Palm Springs quite a bit. I thought that film had great chemistry, but I think the chemistry here between Catherine Newton and Kyle Allen in the lead roles might be just as good or even better. Um, it's directed by N. Samuels and the screenplay is by Lev Grossman and it's actually adapted from his own short story that he wrote. Uh, you can tell that they're both huge just cinema fans, classic cinema, um, and they're very much aware of the tropes they're dealing with within this movie because there are references, self-aware references to Groundhog Day, to Edge of Tomorrow. And um, if some audience members watch this, they might get a little bit uh, a little bit tired out of the self-aware humor. But for me, it just worked. It was just really right at my, right at my alley and really just uh, was the vibe I was looking for. I walked away very satisfied. Okay, and what is your rating for this Amazon original, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things? There we go. B plus for The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. <laughs> Thanks. Well, there is a home delivery, uh, new Blu-ray release of, of a film that actually was released back in 2019, but it's getting kind of worldwide uh, distribution now through Shout Studios. It's called The Prince's Voyage. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful French animated film, and it is available now. Um, the story is pretty pretty interesting. Uh, when a monkey prince is shipwrecked on a foreign shore, he find yeah I, I said that right, Thomas. A, a monkey prince he shipwrecked on a foreign shore, 
Uh, he finds that his appearance here is welcomed by some as, as hope and inspiration and others kind of see this prince as a threat to their way of existence. Uh, and in the process of this movie, everybody learns something about themselves and something about others. It's a wonderful film. Uh, storytelling is absolutely beautiful. Love the animation. Uh, the messages and the life lessons here are really perfectly presented for children and adults alike. You know, you were talking about uh, the film, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, how it is something that can appeal to everyone. This is one of those that can do that as well. Now, it is subtitled. Uh, it is a, a, an international film, so just be aware of that. But the uh, Blu-ray combo, combo pack, I'll get it out. The, the Blu-ray combo pack has a lot of bonus features, uh, including some interviews and also some um, scenic sequence studies. I'll get that out there where they actually break down scenes and look at how certain scenes uh, happen. I uh, really love this uh, animation and I love international films anyway. The Prince's Voyage uh, through Shout Studios uh, gets an A rating for me. Uh, Thomas, we're going to get tubular right now, man. Uh, there is another animated series, uh, series, not a film, but an animated series that you're going to talk about that is probably not very kid friendly from what I understand. Yes, yeah, so this is Invincible and it is an animated series, but it's definitely um, you know, TVMA or hard R if it was theatrical. It's adapted from the Image Comics series. Um, and already within the first season, it's been so well received by so many people, fans and critics alike, and they're already playing for seasons two and three. Um, but basically, this follows the character um, who is a teenager, high schooler, um, waiting to get superpowers because his father is Omni-Man, like the most powerful being on the planet, basically Superman. Uh, he's voiced by J.K. Simmons. The teenager is voiced by Steven Yoon, who Oscar nominee this year from, from Nari. Uh, but basically, I saw somebody make this comparison. Um, his character is very similar to Peter Parker in the sense that um, he's kind of a kind of a dorky high schooler. Then he gets, <laughs> then, he, then he gets powers and everything changes. Um, but um, that's about where the similarities end um, because okay. it just takes a wild, wild left turn. Uh, even when just within the first episode, there's a massive twist then in the first episode. And you think, how can he get crazier from here? But each episode ups the ante. Each, um, each twist um, shows that really nothing that you know, you don't really truly know anything. Um, okay. whatever, whatever you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> um, and it's it's not only just for the sake of shock value, but it also is for the sake of deeper thematic exploration. Um, it explores, you know, family and friendship, also just honor and the classic of good versus evil. And, um, you know, what are some of the lines that you will refuse to cross um, for, you know, being a hero and being truly a good man or a good person? Um, it's a coming of age story in many senses, but uh, in a very dark sense. Okay. Uh, I, can't, I can't quite relate to it on a personal level, um, just because um, I'll just say you're probably you're probably a better dad than uh, <laughs> than than what we have with Omni Man. Uh, there is not not everything is what it seems with this character. I'm not spoiling. Okay. I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah. But I'm just saying you will quick, quickly find out that the uh, the the nice loving hero that omni man is supposed to be yeah not quite what you're thinking um okay. <laughs> and as far as the animation it's it's 2d animation and right. it took 
an episode or two for me to get used to the style and some of the motion. It just it's not exactly what I'm used to of the caliber okay. with some of this animation, but it eventually kind of folds in and becomes part of the charm as you're watching it. And you're like, okay, I get what we're doing with. And, uh, you know, uh, the more I watched the show, the more I loved it. And it wraps up most of this, this story for this first season. It doesn't leave you on a massive cliffhanger. So I'm really looking forward to the next few seasons. Okay. And Invincible, what are you giving uh, this first season as far as a rating? First season, yeah. I got to give it a solid A. Okay, solid A for Invincible. Uh, it is not the story of Thomas and his dad. Well, I want to make sure we make that clear. Uh, while we're continuing to talk about series, uh, there is a Hulu series called The Handmaid's Tale. I've talked about this previously, uh, and we are in season four, uh, several episodes in, which is pretty uh, amazing. Uh, this is one of those series that continues to get stronger uh, with the storytelling and with the acting every season. And and I think that is a really, truly difficult thing to do and to do it well. Uh, Handmaid's Tale has done that. Uh, it is a tough one to binge though, Thomas. You know, we're talking about the subject matter and about uh, not for the young ones. So the subject matter of this is adult, without a doubt. This is not for the young kids at all. Uh, but uh, if you are into dystopian stories that are set in alternate America, continuing to ask kind of the what if questions. Uh, it's well worth your time. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again, uh, four seasons in, A rating. Uh, it's still pretty solid and I continue to be impressed with um, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, we had a movie several years ago, best-selling book and you know, here we are. Uh, this honestly plays out so much better as a series uh, than it did uh, as a movie, even though the movie was was good for what it was. Seeing this in the series, this truly works. And I think, Thomas, we've talked about this. You know, we are in this time of truly almost a, a second golden age of, of television uh, because of streaming services and because of paid services. And we're able to get so much more incredible quality work. You know, we talked, you and I talked about The Watchmen you watched uh, The Watchmen recently, the, the Zach, Zack Snyder version, which you had never seen, and you felt, what, that it needed, probably would be better as a series, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, which has inspired me to go, I haven't started it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching Damon Lindelof's Watchmen series that aired on HBO a couple years ago. So. Yeah, which uh, which is, is well worth it, and it is a sequel series. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you were right uh, in that conversation we had that, as a series, The Watchmen would have been much, much stronger. Uh, and I think there are some stories that are better in that format. Uh, there's there's another one um, that's on right now. It's looking at kind of the Underground Railroad and uh, Barry Jenkins involved in that. And I sat in on an interview with him talking about that. And he said, you know, when he had when he saw this story in front of him, he said, yeah, I don't want this as a movie. Uh, I want it as a series. I can I can be a much better storyteller by doing it that way. And so uh, I'm not saying that there's not a place for movies as we know there is. Uh, there are still films we want to see, but uh, I'm, I continue to be impressed with some of these series that we're seeing, especially on the streaming services. Uh, and, and I've always been impressed with, with so many of those on places like HBO and Showtime uh, and others. And we are out of time. Uh, we're gonna come back hopefully uh, next week, next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about Scott Pilgrim uh, and I'm going to talk about Daniel Craig's James Bond films. My, my bride just finally got a chance to watch all of them. 
and uh, she is a huge fan of Daniel Craig now. So uh, hopefully we'll talk about that. Uh, and also talk about the rhythm section with Blake Lively, uh, a film that flew under the radar uh, for many people uh, back in January of 2020. Uh, that's coming up in future shows, hopefully. Uh, appreciate you being with us right here on C19 TV and WGWG. Movie quote of the week uh, does come from Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to give you a little taste here. You know, every pilgrim reaches the end of his journey, some sooner than others. That's from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, Thomas, any final thoughts, final comments you want to share? Who, whose quote was that from? I don't directly remember that from the movie. Well, you're going to have to go back and look at it, man, because it was there or either I stole it from some other movie and just attributed it to Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's very possible. Yeah, I wouldn't put that past you. But. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys as always. Uh, Greg, Tim, thank you guys for continuing to hold down the fort. We're looking forward to seeing you back in the studio before too long. So until next time. So, Tim, uh, Tim is his name. <laughs> Tim, yeah, okay. it is Tim. Yes, it is Tim. All right. <laughs> All right, until next time, I'm Nolte Manning II for Thomas Manning and for the entire Meet Me at the Movies cast and crew. That's a wrap. Happy